Welcome to the Spiritual Boss Babe Podcast. If you're a woman who is ready to step into your power and manifest a life and business that sets your soul on fire, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Stephanie Bellinger, and I'm a mindset and success coach for spiritual entrepreneurs. I am obsessed with helping my fellow soul sisters shine their light and live out their purpose so they can experience more magic in everyday life. We all have a special purpose here and we're meant to share our message and gifts with the world. You deserve to be fully supported emotionally, spiritually, and financially from doing your soul's work. Together, we can make a massive impact in the world and it's time. So let's do this. Hey guys, I am super, super excited for today's episode and for today's guest. I have the amazing Kara Alwell Leba here with us. Kara is a best selling author and master life coach who's been helping women across the globe to step into their power, build confidence, and really live their best lives. She has several amazing books out. One of my favorites is Girl Code and her new book, Like She Owns the Place. She also has an awesome podcast called Style Your Mind that you totally need to check out. I've been following Kara for a little over two years now. I wish it was sooner actually because she's freaking awesome. And I just love everything she shares and everything she's all about. I totally resonate with her message and I really appreciate her real, raw, and authentic self in the way that she shares. So I'm super honored to have her on the show today. We're going to be diving into all things about unleashing your badass confidence because we all have it in us. And if you really want to reach all of your dreams and goals and do the things you want to do, it's so important to be confident and feel confident, right? It's so freeing. And all it takes really is a decision. A decision and action because action crushes fear and builds confidence. So we're going to be diving into all the things and I'm so excited to have Kara on the show with us. So without further ado, let's welcome Kara onto the show. Kara, thank you so much for taking the time to be here and share with my audience. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be here and excited to chat with you and I can't wait to dig into everything. I'm so excited. So I'm going to pull this up also so we could see comments. So guys, we're on Zoom, so the comments may be delayed. Some of you may be listening from the podcast or Facebook or wherever, but I have it up on my phone as well. So I would love for you to share how you got into all of this. What Was there like a moment that like just lit you on fire to just like create this movement that you've been creating? Yeah. So, um, fat, rewind rather of 10 years to 2008. Um, I, well, I can't even believe it was 10 years ago, but I found myself like working in a full-time job. I was, you know, working at MTV in corporate digital advertising. I worked for MTV. It was not as cool as it sounds. It was definitely <laughs> not like a glamorous job, but I took the job as a stepping stone really. Cause I was sort of at a place in my life, the quarter life crisis, right. Where I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to write, I had a thought that I wanted to write a book, but I also thought I wanted to be a music journalist. So I sort of had all these different ideas swirling. And every time I tried to get a creative job, it just didn't work out for me. And I probably should have taken that as a sign early on that I should just invent one. But like most of us, I was kind of, you know, trapped in this cycle of feeling like, well, you should just go, you know, get a job with health insurance and a 401k and all of these kind of like, you know, boxes that we check off, right? When we become quote adults. So here I found myself at this job at MTV. I was in a relationship that was just not serving me. And I just felt really um, 
like stuck. Like I just wasn't fulfilling my potential. I didn't feel creative every day. And I kind of had this moment where I was like, is this what it is supposed to be? Like, is this just life? Like, am I never going to get to fulfill these dreams that I once had? And a friend um, actually turned me on to drinking champagne because I thought that champagne was going to be like a drink that I could incorporate into my diet, right? That was going to be less (laughs) calories. I never made a connection that like champagne, which I have with me right now, would actually you know, completely transform my thinking and my mindset and become really a metaphor for me for living my best life. So here I was in this job thinking at that point that the way for me to change and the way for me to transform would be through losing weight. Because like most women, I struggled with my weight my whole life. And I always thought, well, if I could just lose 10 pounds, right? Like in the book, what I refer to as a sugar rush, you know, those, those quick hits of, of self-confidence that'll make us think life is going to get better. And I thought that losing weight would help me. And I thought it would make me, you know, feel more confident to leave my boyfriend at the time or get a promotion at work. So a friend of mine said, you know, you should just drink champagne because it's like a lighter calorie beverage. And, you know, if you want to go out and enjoy something, it's not going to like break the bank calorie wise. So that's kind of where champagne sort of came into the mix. But beyond the, you know, the quote health benefits, because obviously champagne is not like, you know, I don't advocate that for <laughs> a healthy lifestyle, but beyond like that whole interest for me and that, that desire to maybe start drinking champagne is something that could be less calories. I noticed like an immediate shift in me when I started actually drinking champagne. I felt like if I was out somewhere and somebody popped a bottle, it kind of like created this feeling of celebration and luxury and glamour. And I started thinking about my own life and I I compared my life like to a glass of champagne, which sounds so crazy, (laughs) but that's where like the metaphor really came in. And I was like, am I really celebrating myself? Am I really living a life that feels luxurious? And beautiful and glamorous. And do I feel the way I feel when I hold a glass of champagne every single day of the week with or without the actual glass of champagne? You know, am I evoking those feelings in myself? And the answer was no. And I had this like weird moment, this like revelation standing in this bar one night holding this champagne thinking like, I need to make some serious changes. And those changes were finding a job that I loved and getting out of that toxic relationship and really starting to build a sense of self, self-worth you know, for myself that went beyond those quick hits. So I started a blog and I jokingly called it the champagne diet because champagne was the thing in my life that had sparked that kind of aha moment. So I started kind of journaling everything and just sharing my story very authentically in a very raw way. This is 10 years ago. So like blogging was just kind of becoming a thing and social media was so different. Like we had Twitter and we had Facebook and it was nothing like what it is today. You know, there were no Facebook groups, there was no Instagram, there was no Pinterest. So I really was just putting it out there and was like the blind leading the blind. Like a friend of mine was like, you should have a Twitter account. And we're like, what's Twitter? You know, and and I would just like blast out my blog post and I would get responses from like the most random women in like random parts of the world. But it was so beautiful and so amazing to know that I could put something on the internet that somebody would read and feel comforted by and feel like they could relate to it and feel like they were somehow moved by that. So all of that, that whole experience led me to kind of think, okay, I do want to write a book and maybe I can create something out of this. And I was still at MTV and I was still hustling and doing this day job and oddly enough, getting promoted and building, I guess, a name for myself there, even though I just, I hated it so much. Mm. But I was also kind of building this other thing on the side and I was blog on my lunch hour and I would go and like write chapters of my book, you know, in between meetings and stuff. And I would like seek, I didn't tell anyone what I was doing and I was building this whole other world for myself. And I sat there one day and I will never forget it. I was like, I need to just do something 
different. I need to make this into a job. How can I monetize this? How can I make this my career? And this is when I first started to hear about entrepreneurship, maybe like mm. 2010. Wow. And yeah. And I thought to myself, like, I didn't know like there was such a thing as like women entrepreneurs and there was this movement kind of budding. Um, and I thought to myself, well, maybe I can just become a life coach, you know, cause to me that was like the first thought that I, I was like, well, I could, you know, somehow kind of take what I'm writing about, but really apply it to other women's lives and learn how to properly help people rather than just sharing my thoughts in a blog. Mm. So, um, I went to school at night, two nights a week for three hours a night for like eight weeks. And I did a, a coaching certification. I did a master coaching certification. I wrote three books for my cubicle and MTV. And then wow. finally, yeah. Finally, like six years later, I was able to transition from that side hustle and building all that and finally take the leap. In 2014, I left MTV and I, I jumped headfirst into my business. Wow, that is amazing. That's so inspiring. Like it must have been like very challenging to do all of those things at once, like go to school, write your book, do your blog. Yeah, it was, but I think the hunger to have more in my life like outweighed the stress. You know, when you're so desperate to get out of your situation, whether it's a bad marriage or a you know, a body you feel trapped in or a job that you feel so uninspired by, it was like just this hunger to like I will do whatever it takes for me to get out. And that was what I think really drove me. Yeah. Wow. So how long did it take you to write that first book? Um, the first book did not take me that long. It was maybe like six months. Wow. And I mean, I have a crazy story with the first book because I really wanted to be traditionally published with the first book. And I really had this Carrie Bradshaw, Sex in the City dream, <laughs> of like having my big moment and writing this like amazing book and getting a publisher. And it didn't work out that way. And I actually wound up self-publishing my first four books. And you know, after getting rejected 19 times by 19 different publishers and told no more times than I can count, I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to do this myself. So I self-published Sparkle, which is my first book. And that took me about six months, I would say, from start to finish. Wow. Yeah. I know. I feel like a lot of people have been self-publishing lately, but you just recently got your first like official book deal, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. So now I've been on both sides of the fence and it's funny because I was just talking to somebody else about this earlier and the difference I think between self-publishing and having a publisher, there are differences for sure in terms of like getting more distribution and being able to be in bookstores, but you still have to be an advocate for yourself as an author and you still have to like really treat it as a business and you are still your own brand with or without a team backing you up and like, you know, designing a cover for you and like laying the book out. Like it's still on you to really go out there and promote that book. So I learned early on the value of treating my passion as a business if I wanted to turn it into a business, which I did. And I think most of us listening do, you know, we love yeah. what we do. We want to be able to somehow make that our career. So there was a lot to be learned through that journey, but I'm so kind of, I'm happy the way that it worked out the way that it did. You know, it's like, I'm sure like you could think about your life. Like if you look backwards, you're like, now it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. You know, totally. like why certain things didn't work out and certain things did. It's so true. It's crazy. Like to think about the, and, and I feel like, you know, not to sound cliche, but <laughs> everything, not everything, but most things kind of happen for a reason. Like, especially when you look back and you realize like, oh, wow, I needed to go through that. So I could learn this lesson or do this, or this inspired yes. me to do that. And 100%. I think it's, I think it's so inspiring that you literally just kept going despite how many times you've been turned down. And I think that speaks volumes to your determination and to everyone listening, like, don't freaking give up, you know, like, yeah. 
I read a blog post by Seth Godin. Are you familiar with him? Mm-hmm. Seth Godin, yeah. So I read this blog post by him in 2011 and the, the post was called um, Pick Yourself. And he was talking about how times are changing now. And as creative entrepreneurs, like a musician, for example, an artist doesn't need a record label. An author doesn't need a publisher. And we have to start picking ourselves and we shouldn't wait for these gatekeepers to choose us and to tell us that we are worthy of having that career. We don't need them anymore. Does it help in some circumstances to have somebody on your side and a team? For sure. But we don't have to wait for it to be picked. And I think that was a big, like a pivotal moment for me to realize, like, why am I sitting here waiting for a publisher to say, you're worthy of being an author. Like, I know I'm worthy. I know I have a story to tell. I know I have an audience that wants to hear it. So that was a big moment for me to realize, like, I'm going to pick myself. I actually just did a podcast on this, like, a few days ago called Choose Yourself. And I was talking all about that blog. And I actually read the post. And I see so many women waiting for permission to be able to get out there and, and touch people and help people and call themselves a life coach or call themselves an author, whatever it is that they want to do. And it's like, just immerse yourself in it, like embody that person. Because if you have that dream on your heart, you already are her. Mm -hmm. I love that. And and your, your new book is totally a compliment to like this whole topic of like just giving yourself permission and like owning your confidence. Yeah. I mean, I I wrote this book because I really wanted women to understand that before we could support other people, we have to be confident in ourselves. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people know me from Girl Code and that book was successful. And I talked about, (laughs) thank you. I talked about the importance of supporting other women, but I realized there's still a lot of women that can't do that yet because they still are not completely confident in who they are. So this book is really just about tapping into your own you know, brilliance and authenticity and learning how to love yourself and actually build a life that feels good. And so many of the things I talk about in the book are like a little bit uncomfortable for people, like setting boundaries with other people and releasing guilt and, you know, deciding what you're available for in life and what you're not available for. And it's, it's stuff that, you know, we have to really work through and it's kind of messy, but I feel like it's just so important because until we do that, you know, we cannot show up for other people and we, you know, we, maybe we can in the short term, but like long term, it's just, it's going to be impossible until we truly feel comfortable in our own skin. Yeah, totally agree. And I just started reading the new book, not, not finished yet, but it's like totally like fire. (laughs) Seriously. Thank you. Um, I can see myself in so much of what you share and it's like, I'm like, man, especially when you said you were like how you felt when you first dyed your hair colored. I didn't feel like that, but I thought it was interesting because like, I guess different people feel um, that self-conscious pang for different reasons or Mm -hmm. for different situations. And so it was really interesting, like reading that part and like just relating in so many ways, like, and, and how you just totally decided to own it, you know? Yeah, I think we all want to do things that kind of force us to be seen. Yeah. Whether it's dyeing our hair a wild color or wearing something different or launching a website or starting a business. And we want to do it so badly, but our fear of being exposed or being seen or somehow now being vulnerable for, you know, to be in front of someone else and have an opinion mm-hmm. formed about us scares us. And it's really terrifying. And for me, dyeing my hair pink was like, the one thing I wanted to do so badly and I put it off and I put it off and then I went back to blonde and then I went back to pink and it was such a journey for me. But I feel like that was one of the biggest ways that I was able to really feel confident because I was out there, you know, like all of a sudden now I was, people were commenting in the street and telling me what they thought and most people loved it, but a lot of people would say things to me like somebody's like, oh, cool Halloween hair, you know, and it wasn't even like October. I was like, thanks. <laughs> like, it's not Halloween hair. It's like, I love it. 
But, you know, putting yourself on the line and putting yourself in front of people who could potentially judge you is a scary thing. Mm -hmm. But I think when we focus on the reward that we reap from doing that and realizing that we are so strong, and again, if it's something you truly want to do and you just go out there and do it, that is how we build self-esteem. That is how we build confidence. It's not through telling ourselves I'm confident. It's through the action steps. Yeah. I always say like action builds confidence and crushes fear. Like, yes, it's true. Yeah. And from reading that part of the story, like with the hair, I was relating it in many ways for myself of like how I've like seriously forced myself to do things that really made me uncomfortable or that really scared me. And for a while, it was almost like I was trying to prove to myself that I'm confident. And it was just like, "Mm, let me just do this anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Like walk the walk. Totally. And don't you feel like when you do more things, you have less time to be scared because you're busy actually doing shit in like the present. You're, you're so in the moment. And it's almost like, it's almost like, and and this is why I love the title of the book too. (laughs) Like she owns the place. It's almost like you have to like channel this this badass version of you that that is still you, but you just have to like bring it out and just step into that. Yes, for like sure. Like play the Yes, I talk about this concept in the book. I don't know if you got there yet, but I talk about like channeling your inner muse. Mm, I always talk about like the similar. Really? Thing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> don't you feel like we have this woman in us? And I feel like it's who we are without fear. It's mm-hmm. who we are without the bullshit. It's who we are without all the people telling us who we should be. And like, if you could just tap into her and like, for me, it happens in different ways. It's like putting on a certain playlist or putting on an outfit mm. or like saying something I wouldn't normally say. And it's like, oh, I am her. Like that is who <laughs> I am deep down. Like, but we all have this woman inside of us. I think that that is able to like, let us have that life experience that we're meant to have, but we, we push her down so much. And we, we think we should be like someone else. And we don't focus on what we truly have to bring into this world that's going to really make an impact and inspire people. Yeah, I totally, totally feel you with the whole being your own muse thing. I and love every, it. Yeah, and everyone does have it in them. It just, it's kind of like working a muscle though. You have to just keep practicing. Like how you mentioned um, in the book, how like the confidence thing kind of keeps coming around and coming back at times. Like, you know, you'll think you're, you know, awesome. And then like, you'll have a situation where you don't feel so awesome. And you're like, wait a minute, let me remember who I am for a minute. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's not a flip. uh, I'm sorry. It's not a switch that we flip. You know, it's not like we're like, all of a sudden we're like, I'm confident. All my problems are solved. Like I'm always going to be okay. Like it does come up constantly. Like it came up for me in the whole book writing process. All of a sudden I had a publisher and I started getting in my own head and I was like, oh my gosh, like what if this book isn't as successful as the last one? Or what if I let them down? Or what if it's not good enough? And imposter syndrome is a big thing that you yeah. know comes up for so many of us. I think the stat is like 70% of people, men and women included, have felt like an imposter at some point in their lives. And I think it's just important that we talk about this and we share it and we say, yeah, I have felt that way. Because sometimes when I see a woman out there who is, I think is killing it and being so amazing and so gifted and talented at what she does and you know, I perceive her as so confident and then she admits like she's not, I'm like, oh, okay. Like it's not just me. Like somebody else feels this way. And it's, I wish that we were, and I I hope that this is what this book will inspire women to do is just be more honest about our journeys and, you know, rip the walls down and take the masks off and realize that it's sharing the stuff that does not go well and sharing the breakdowns and sharing the obstacles and the fuck ups, like that's what's going to make us stronger by saying like, look, this happens and I still got through. I'm okay. Here's how I got through. Maybe this can help you. 
Yeah. And I love and appreciate your vulnerability and your openness. Like, because I feel like it does, it gives uh, like other people permission to know that they're okay. They're they're not alone, that other people go through this, that like they're enough, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like they can relate. Yeah. And especially in today's day and age with social media, like we are just like, we're fed with so much information every single day. I mean, if you wake up in the morning and scroll your Instagram, you probably look at like 50 curated filtered pictures and like you, and again, this is research that I included in the book because I was so fascinated by it. Like there are studies and research by psychologists that say like, even though we know that that's a filtered image, we still process that as normal. And we still think that like someone's face who's completely smoothed over with no wrinkles and like, you know, their lips like plumped up, like even though, even if we know it's an altered image, we still think it's normal. So like that's really doing a number to us. And I think that even goes beyond just like physical appearance, but like looking at someone's life who's like, okay, who's in Greece this week? Who's in Paris this week? Who's like, you know, making a million dollars in their business. That's the first thing most of us are consuming when we wake up in the morning. And that's what we're sort of basing our reality on. And I'm not saying that we should just, you know, post all the bullshit on social media that goes wrong in our lives and all the painful things and all the tragic things. But there's got to be some kind of mix of realness and rawness and authenticity, even if it's not on an Instagram feed, but like with the women that we have conversations with and with the women that we open up to and in a conversation like this between you and I, where we can really let people know who are listening, like it is okay if you don't have it all figured out. It is okay if you make mistakes. I have made so many mistakes in my career and I've like owned every single one of them, even when they felt so uncomfortable, even when I've cringed afterward. But that's the journey. And that's, I think, where the magic happens. That's where we find our true essence and our true happiness. Yeah. And that's how we grow through those lessons. And we won't see them at the time, but that's why looking back is so magical. Yeah. There's a Steve Jobs quote and he says like, you can't connect the dots looking forward, but you can connect them looking back. And I love that quote. Yeah. And Uh, Yeah, it's quite a journey for real, but your desire just has to be stronger than your fear. You know, when you're chasing your dreams and you're turning, making them a reality, you just have to stay connected to the vision and do whatever it takes and know that you're freaking awesome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think it's, it's also important to realize that like other people's opinion doesn't have to become your reality. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody's opinion of you or that's everybody's coming from their own place and everybody's approaching your life and looking at your life through their own lens. And when you realize that, and when you realize that it usually has nothing to do with you, I think it's kind of liberating to know that like, you know, you could line up in front of 10 different people and they can all have a different you know, vision of who you are. So if we're basing our self-worth and our reality and our confidence on what somebody else thinks of us, it gets us into trouble because everyone's going to have a different viewpoint. Yeah. And also you can like create all these stories in your head that aren't even true and think that people think something of you that they don't, or they're not even thinking of you. (laughs) I've totally done that so many times. And it's like, me too. I just have to talk my, whenever I go there, because it happens, I just literally have to like snap myself out of it and remind and what helps me and I would love to hear what help like really helps you like instantly (laughs) what helps me is like really focusing um not only on gratitude but on my successes and on the progress that I've made over the years in every area and that like really shifts me back into like my confidence and knowing that I'm awesome and I'm enough you know 
Yeah. I love that you said you look at your own successes because I think a lot of women can look outside themselves and and look at other people for inspiration. But if you can become your own inspiration, I feel like that's such a gift. You know, being able to kind of combat those limiting beliefs with saying, you know what, why am I worrying about this? Why do I think this book is going to suck? Look at everything else I've done. It's always Mm -hmm. been successful. I've always won. I've always been in a situation where I've been able to make it work. So I think it's so important to, you know, learn how to kind of lean on yourself for that feeling of, of confidence really. And that feeling of knowing that you can get it done and you always will get it done. Yeah. And even the seemingly small things, they matter. Like even the seemingly small progresses, they matter. For sure. For sure. I have a concept of um, making a celebration list at the end of every day. And I came up with that that because well, I found myself making these to-do lists. Like we all have to-do lists every single morning of all these things that we have to get done. And I started thinking about, well, what happens at the end of the day when like maybe I didn't get everything done, but I did other things that I didn't plan on doing. So I started making what I kind of just like dubbed a celebration list. And I, I put the to-do list away and I pour a cup of tea or a glass of wine or whatever my ritual is at night to unwind. I light my candles and I start listing out every single thing that I did that day that I was proud of. And I'm talking like, everything, including like doing laundry, (laughs) like answering emails, going food shopping. And when you look at your life like that and you say, wow, I actually accomplished so much. I feel like it builds a positive momentum for the next day. So you go into the next morning thinking I got so much done yesterday. Like I feel like a badass as opposed to like, oh my God, they're like still five things I didn't check off my to-do list. So it's just perspective really. Yeah. No, I love that. And I'm totally going to start doing that. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> because sometimes like I, I, and I was reading this too in there in your book, like about the whole thing with guilt and how like feeling guilty for even like not getting enough done or um, t- taking time off of from your business and stuff. And Sometimes I feel that too. And uh, with the to-do list thing, it can get overwhelming at times. So the nighttime routine sounds awesome. Do you have a morning routine also? I do. So um, the first thing I do every single morning is my gratitude ritual. So I think of at least three things I'm thankful for. And that's something I do before I even touch my phone. And if I catch myself like with my phone in my hands, I actually like drop it like in my bed and I'm like, okay, like just don't look at this. Like think of your gratitude first. And then I usually ask myself two questions. I'm like, okay, what do you need more of today? So what is going to energize you? And what do you need less of today? What is draining you? What don't you want in your life? And those two questions really help me shape what my day is going to look like. And I feel like there are things we don't ask ourselves enough But if we started to ask ourselves those questions, like, what do I need more of? Do I need more sleep? Do I need to go back to bed for an hour? Do I need to get a workout in? Do I need time with my mom? You know, do I need, um, do I need to go to an art exhibit? Like we, if you really tap in and just get really honest about what you need, I think we'd live in a much better space in a much more empowering space where we're actually doing things that we love to do that make us happy. Totally. I, I totally agree. And I, and also that taps you more into abundance too, like totally. giving, giving yourself what you need because the whole act of like attracting more money and abundance in your life is it really starts with you and giving yourself what you need and knowing that you're worthy. This is, it's like all connected. Yeah. What is your morning routine? I'm always curious of other people. My morning routine, it changes sometimes, but recently I, um, I stopped looking at my phone like totally. I turned all my notifications off. I, um, 
put this like little mantra on my phone. So like, that's the only thing I see. But then I make my bed because, and like, it's such a big deal to make your bed in the morning. I did not used to, (laughs) I did not used to make my bed in the morning. So I'll make my bed and then I'll usually just like spend some time journaling or like listening to calming music that like makes me feel like tapped in and inspired. I love listening to piano and violin actually. Oh, I like that. Like every time I listen to that, not just in the morning, but um, usually when I'm creating my art and stuff, like my pendants, Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm channeling. Like I feel like I'm so connected to like spirit and like my spiritual side. So yeah, but basically my morning routine is simple. Just don't look at my phone, make my bad journal and like spend a few moments like just thinking about how, like setting intentions for the day really. Yeah. Yeah. I think not looking at the phone is huge. I've done that a couple of mornings where I've looked at it just for like an emergency, like if, you know, a family member needs me or something and then like just putting it away. I actually just recently changed my phone number because I felt like way too many people had it. And I changed my number and I told the people that I gave it to, there were like 10 people that I actually gave it to. And I said, please only use this number if you need to really reach me. Like I, cause texting was giving me anxiety and I had my yeah. old phone number that people had for years and years. And I would wake up and I would have text messages from all these people that I didn't even really know. And it felt <laughs> invasive to me. And it was like the first thing I was seeing in the morning. So that was a big, um, it was a game changer. And it was something that was a little bit scary to do. Cause then like, you got to tell people I changed my number and everyone's like, what happened? I'm like, oh my God. Nothing really happened. I just decided I just wanted like a fresh clean slate. And I, I gave everyone else my email and I said, you know what? Email me. Cause I will check my email at certain points in the day. And if it's not an emergency, I will get back to you. If you're inviting me to a party, email it. Don't text it. Like just let me know you're in town or whatever it is. But having control over your time, I think is so important. It's so important. So <laughs> when does your new book come out? In, uh, July 10th, right? Yeah. So it's out on Tuesday, July 10th. So depending on when anybody listens to this, they can just go grab it on, you know, in their bookstore on Amazon It's or at likesheownstheplace.com and check it out. Okay. I'll share the link after this too. Okay, cool. Kara, where else can they find you? Because I want to make sure whoever doesn't know about you freaking starts following you because you're <laughs> amazing. So... Thank you. Um, so everybody can just find me at thechampagnediet.com and I am on Instagram every day, all day at The Champagne Diet. Awesome. And my podcast is Style Your Mind. Yes. You, you guys, the Style Your Mind podcast is amazing. So thank you. So many listeners on that too. Thank you. Yeah. It's, I don't know what happened. I was like, remember when I first started checking my stats, I was like, is this thing broken? Like, <laughs> people. I don't know how it like spreads, but it does somehow. That's so I'm so very awesome. grateful. I'm very grateful. Yes. That's so awesome. Well, thank you so much again for taking time out of your busy day, your busy schedule to come hang out and talk and chat. You have so much amazing things to share and thank you so much for doing everything that you're doing because you're making a huge impact and it's so awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you introducing me to your tribe and I am so grateful. So thank you. You're so welcome. And hopefully I'll see you in New York sometime soon. Yes, come back up. (laughs) I will. All right. Bye guys. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. 
If you loved what you heard and you got a ton of value, please make sure you subscribe to my channel and leave a review on iTunes. Also, make sure you check out Kara's new book, Like She Owns the Place, because it is so amazing. You can go grab it at likesheownstheplace.com. If you want extra motivation to manifest a life and business that you're obsessed with, then find me on Instagram at the spiritual boss babe or visit spiritualbossbabe.com. I love you and appreciate you so, so much. And I'll see you in the next episode. I hope you have a magical day. Oh, 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 oh